0: Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the Uncultured Cinematic Universe. Here we discuss your favorite movies of all time, as well as the ones that got away. We look at classic and iconic films from two perspectives, that of the diehard fan and that of the uncultured who's never seen it before until now. We're your hosts, Joe and Justin, here to act as your guides, playing part as both the fellow enthusiast and the ignorant and uncultured. <laughs> Today, we'll be ruining ourselves and breaking our hearts and loving the wrong people and dying. It's 1987's Moonstruck. Who, who dies? No one dies. No one dies. That's, that's the best part about this. Uh, it's, it's all about passions and extremes. It's true. You're absolutely right. This movie was bonkers. This movie is an opera set as a romantic comedy. I mean, how, how in the hell? Did this movie win three oscars it was nominated for six oscars and nominated El, for six yeah coolest oscar wins of all time <laughs> these
1: are insane surely they were okay i'm not gonna straight out call this movie a bad movie that's that's not what that's not what i'm here to do and oh that's justin not, we are about to disagree heavily on that's the not episode. that's not what we do on this podcast but man this movie is weird <laughs> Like, Nick Cage going full Nick Cage before that was even, like, a verb.
0: I have in my notes that the Nick Cage introductory scene is maybe one of the greatest moments in all of film. When they find him in the bakery and he has a whole monologue about his hand being cut off. And then, like, it plays into the plot zero amount the rest of the time. This 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 whole movie, um, I'll I'll make you you know describe the plot in a little bit, but like this whole movie is about people either <laughs> examining or being completely overwhelmed by and driven by lust versus love. Right. Like the 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 inhibitions are are out the door in this movie. People people are pawns in the in the, in the, <laughs> the universe. The moon. Yeah. yeah.
1: That's right. The moon is controlling everybody mm-hmm. and everything. It is the, that is the central character right there.
2: hmm mm-hmm. The the
1: moon is the protagonist and the antagonist that moves our
0: characters along. So Justin, you had never seen 1987's moonstruck. Yeah. We are watching it as part of the well, the final part in our Oscars miniseries, Oscar's April. We are coining that term. <laughs> um, this movie, I'll kind of get into the stats in a bit, but like this movie won three Oscars. Can you tell me which ones? Did you look any of this up? It was uh, Bec- Best Actress. Got it. Best Supporting Actress. Nailed it. And the third, I don't know. It's our favorite. It's screenplay. Screenplay. We got two screenplay winners in a row. Social Network. Wow. The Wow. So Social Network, the the way they do it at the Oscars is they split screenplay up into original and adapted. So adapted will be stuff that's like based, based on a book. Of a book, based yeah. off of, you know, it's a sequel. It's it's based off of another movie or something like that. Um, and it's uh, the original ones are obviously like original screenplays that people come up with. Um and so this is an original screenplay when Social Network was an adapted, right? When, because it was based off of a book that was written around the same time.
1: Yep, uh, th- that's 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 really cool. Um, but man, what a what a story! What a story! So I think the should... way that we approached this movie uh, yeah. was just purely by obviously by the Moon's intentions. Uh, the universe was was toying with us.
2: Mm hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: You, are, you had a different movie in mind already slated on the calendar that we were going to watch and we were going to talk about. What was it? Was it Ladybird?
0: Yes. So I was going to have you watch Ladybird because we would have then been able to talk about um, kind of the Alice and Janny versus Lori Metcalf of it all back in 2017. Was right. that it? Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, Ladybird, which you haven't seen and which we can maybe save for a later date at this point, um, was. Uh, directed by Greta Gerwig, um, and it was actually her first Oscar nomination for Best Director. It was a big deal because even up until that point, women didn't usually get nominated for Best Director. And there had only been one woman Best Director winner at that point. Um, So big deal for her uh, because it was one of her first films. Um, and the conversation around Lady Bird was also Saoirse Ronan, who, you know, from movies like Atonement, The Lovely Bones, Bones, Little Woman, all that. So she's, she's really big in the Oscar scene. That would have been like her third or fourth Oscar nomination at that point. Like she's, she's definitely been there a few times. Uh, but then almost the, the bigger, uh, the bigger conversation there was Laurie Metcalf, who goes as far back as, like, The Roseanne Show, right? Yeah. I don't know if you ever watched that. Mm-hmm. I did. Um, so that was actually her first Oscar nomination for playing uh, the Saoirse Ronan character's mom. Um, but it was also the year that I, Tanya came out. So Margot Robbie and our Tanya was going up against Saoirse Alice and Janney and I, Tanya was kind of this unstoppable powerhouse uh, that was going up against Laurie Metcalf, and she ended up actually winning.
1: And wow, like what? What? That would have been amazing to do Lady Bird and Greta Gerwig of it all, just, and, especially with Barbie. The Barbie we could have had such up. a
0: Barbie talk. I am so glad though that we shifted to Moonstruck. I, it was just like I think it was just a stray text that happened where like somehow we ca- we gathered that you had never seen Moonstruck. It was in an
1: episode when we were talking about, um, in March, when we were doing Musical March, we were talking about, fuck, what movie were we talking about? The one that was my pick. Oh, Little Little Shop Shop of of Horse. Horse. (laughs) Yeah, and it had to do with my beverage, where I had to slap cilantro, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I had to tell my cilantro to snap out of it. (laughs) Snap out of it. (laughs) But... Okay, so this is the rounding part of the story, right? Like my that's my only touch point and was my only touch point to this movie. Really is, snap out of it. Is but it's not even from the movie. It's RuPaul ripping it off and, and copying it and doing it ad nauseum, uh, you know, throughout her career and and RuPaul's drag race. And that's okay. all I knew about it.
0: So is, you gotta I am the uncultured one here. I've never actually seen RuPaul's Drag Race. Like, in what context did <sighs> "snap out of it" come into play? Is it just like a thing that they throw out all the time? Is like it, a catchphrase?
1: It comes out a bunch in like silly, over-the-top acting challenges and stuff. Sometimes mm-hmm. someone is going to portray a Cher-like character, <laughs> and uh, Ru just loves Moonstruck for some reason. And obviously, you know, just everybody loves Cher. Um, there's they've they've done a a share rusical before and it's all just based around share music uh mm-hmm. kind of stuff like that and a, a big famous one a big famous thing that they do each season on rupaul's drag race is uh a game show is uh called the snatch game right based on match game snatch,
0: where- is them like doing lip syncing or is that different uh,
1: That that's different snatches is, is referring to the
0: you know the the vagina oh, of it like all. she's snatched
1: and that too um but yeah so every care every uh, contestant comes in as a famous celebrity that they're going to impersonate and play the match game with you know comedians or whatever
2: mm-hmm. and
1: then a coveted role that most people usually fail at but some do really good at is trying to do share mm-hmm. like it is a good you know um drag queen you know high level upper echelon uh, achievement if you can really nail a good share impersonation. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's my only touch point to this movie is just the, the reference to snap out of
0: it. So my touch point to your touch point is... Um, <laughs> Have you ever, so this is kind of related to RuPaul's Drag Race, because I think they were both on that. Have you ever seen, like, Trixie and Katya on like, oh, yeah. YouTube doing, yes. so those are two drag uh, queens that I believe were on Drag Race, but they yes. have kind of their own separate YouTube show, and I watch clips from that all the time. And um, Trixie, <laughs> there's there's clips where Trixie has a bit where, like, she... Um, plays a uh, homophobic Cher. With... <laughs> she's doing the share voice, but she's saying the most insane thing. What do you mean you got a girlfriend? And all that, stuff. <laughs> that is my only touch point, but I die every That's... single time.
1: Okay, Joe, what we're going to do, we're going to do a little side quest. Maybe we'll do a... a uncultured television universe. We'll watch The West Wing together. Uh-huh. Oh my we'll god. watch RuPaul's Drag Race
0: together. And we'll Wait, just Have you not seen The West Wing? Of course not. Oh my god, Justin.
1: So That's it's all gonna coming be big.
0: That's that was a big pandemic watch for me. Yeah.
1: It's all coming together. But yeah, mm-hmm. so like I brought that up in The Little Shop of Horrors episode of like, you know, I've never seen Moonstruck and I think we touched on it ba- barely but um, it came up later, like you said, in a stray text of uh, like Joe. I've never seen Moonstruck. Was it ever like nominated? And you're like, was it ever nominated? Holy <laughs> shit, we're gonna do that instead.
0: This is no, this is fun because uh, I'm 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 glad we got to do it instead of Lady Bird because Moonstruck was not only nominated, it won uh, a lot of top categories. Whereas I don't think Lady Bird actually won anything. It was more just, like, fun to talk about the nominations. Mm -hmm. Um, But Moonstruck, like you mentioned, won for um, Best Actress for Cher, Best Supporting Actress for Olympia Dukakis playing her mother, Uh, and then uh, Best Original Screenplay for His Name is John Patrick Shanley? Yes. Um, So it's the same guy who... Uh, he's written like a million plays, I think, uh, which you can see kind of like in the thread of this movie. It's a lot of like one-on-one scenes and stuff like that, things yeah. that are taking places in rooms. Not a lot of people are like running around. Yeah. Um. Uh, but he wrote the play Doubt. Uh, have you ever heard of that? They They had a movie with like Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So he's, he, knew, he was nominated for a bunch of stuff for that too. Um, but in addition to this, I'm, I'm basically just giving you all the stats for this. Why mm-hmm. not? Just a do later. Uh, the other nominations that Moonstruck got were for Best Picture, Killing It, um, which was an even bigger deal back then because they only had five nominees for Best Picture up until around 2009, I think. Mm-hmm. The Avatar year was when they switched over to... Um, ten nominees, which is what they have now.
2: That's, that's um, such
0: an insane jump to go from five to ten. Well, you know the what the story is there. No. Uh, it's actually kind of interesting because there was a a movie that came out that people a lot of people think is what drove this switch. Is there's a movie that came out in 2008 that wasn't nominated for Best Picture, even though it was like groundbreaking in the culture. It was huge. Um, everyone was talking about it and got these like raving reviews and that movie was The Dark Knight. <gasps> um, nominated for a ton of technical awards, obviously wins for Heath Ledger's it, performance, yeah. but didn't get the picture slot. And so that's when people are like, we kind of need to expand this Beck's picture field. We're making so many more movies these days than we were making back in the 60s and 70s. That's There's so that. many more genres at play. There's so many more things that need to be celebrated. And so we've done um 10 uh nominees for best picture ever since then uh starting with the avatar hurt locker year which was it, the big conversation
1: i mean i wish they would have gone you know at least like seven maybe eight but no they just said you know what fuck it double it whatever mm-hmm. the next the very next year that's insane yeah, I, yeah so, it, joe can i just commend you for a second like the build-up you gave me of like mm-hmm. it had to do
0: with this little movie that like made a big splash. I was almost gonna make you guess it. Oh man, it was yeah. so good. I was like, this is this is too much of a tangent. But I thought for
1: mm-hmm. sure it would have been it would have been nominated, but mm-hmm. non- nonetheless.
0: Well, I mean, superhero movie kind of hard to break through, um, but people think it was particularly with that one rather deserving. Um, but it's so funny because like the the very next year they open it up to ten uh, pictures coming into that category and you get um, you get the Hurt Locker, you get Avatar. I think that was like the year of up as well. But then also like the blind side gets nominated for best picture, which is a little bit of a cringe (laughs) rewatch. So I don't know. It's there's, there's ups and downs uh, to opening it up. Yeah. Um, So Moonstruck gets a best picture nomination. It doesn't win. I wonder actually what did win best picture that year? Hold on.
1: So I got to say, I did do a little bit of digging and this will come up, you'll see later, mm-hmm. in the video portion of the end game thing that we play. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was looking up um, Cher's nomination announcement or whatever for uh, Best Actress. And she was up against um, Glenn Close mm-hmm. for Fatal Attraction. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my god, in my opinion, that's a way better performance Comparatively, it's not even apples to apples.
0: Justin, you can go straight to hell. (laughs) We're going to argue so
1: hard on this episode. I'm not shitting on the movie. Like, I had fun with it, but once we figured out that, like, once you said this movie is so funny, and we're like, oh, maybe it's not supposed (laughs) to be taken so seriously because everyone is is, absolutely a comedy. Everyone's playing it maybe a little too serious on the upfront, and like, should we be laughing this much? I don't know.
0: I mean, there's there's dramatic moments, especially with, like, the Rose's storyline, the mom. But, like, uh, Cher and Nicolas Cage are doing insane <laughs> shit in this movie. Like, you're like, absolutely supposed to be laughing. So, and,
1: and also, so, like, another thing that I didn't know until you posted the fucking story on Instagram <laughs> of a screen grab of Cher and Nicolas Cage. I was like, Nick Cage is in this movie. Oh, my God. Okay. What in the world is going to happen?
0: So, so... Let's 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 approach it this way. Tell me tell me about your history with Cher, if any, versus your history with Nick Cage, because this is kind of a coming together of those two worlds.
1: It is. So they come together in this film in 1987, the year of my birth. <gasps> I know.
0: I know. Right. Um, Everyone knows how old Justin is now. Do them the know how old I am. <laughs> That's right. They never will unless
1: they listen back several episodes. where <laughs> actually I think we talked multiple about it. times. We have um okay so Cher um I knew that she was in that she had done film she'd done you know obviously famous for her music more so um I remember like infomercials like in middle school or whatever of like Cher's greatest hits or something like that mm-hmm. and I was like okay I, Sonny and Cher I already knew who that was and it was parodied to hell and back through a bunch of like kids uh, cartoon shows and whatever else it's it it was in the zeitgeist right Mm -hmm. so it was just fair game so i kind of knew who Cher was um i didn't know her you know professional acting kind of career i stumbled upon it one day on um cable uh network cable or whatever i thought i was watching or i was going to tune in and watch the movie the mask with jim carrey (laughs) because i'm i'm like nine eight or nine years old and i'm like oh hell yeah i'm gonna get my jim carrey funny is the mask and i turn into mask which she's in and uh is it is that eric stoltz or whoever
0: i don't know eric stoltz yeah
1: yeah and i was like hang on this isn't the mask this is okay wait a minute And it's the lady from the late night. Yeah. This is so different. So that's my touch point really for share. And then, you know, as getting more immersed and familiar with just like gay culture and drag queen culture and all this Mm -hmm. kind of stuff that like share just permeates and lives and breathes in that space. um, Definitely,
0: definitely more of an energy these days, more of just a vibe. Um, Definitely.
1: Yeah. Um, But yeah, still, still doing things, still, still kicking, still doing strong. mm -hmm. Um, Okay, so the Nick Cage of it all. Um, obviously, you know, I, I came to know him more from his more wackier roles. Um, face Off—that uh, was one of the, my earliest memories. Uh, I never saw Raising Arizona, but mm-hmm. like I'm, wh- I can picture what he looks like, and it's very similar to what he looks like in this movie. Still tall, scrawny, but he has like weird hair and like a sh- sh- scraggly beard. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I, I i dig his unhinged unpredictable overacting chew the scenery kind of stuff um most recently i think it was from 2017 or 2016 i can't remember but it's a horror movie called mandy um
2: yeah.
1: it fucking rules if you like weird off the wall insane he's, horror movies. he's kind
0: of having a little bit of a resurgency yes he he's like, doing
1: a, he's- a a renaissance of sorts, living in that space. Um, there's another one that I need to watch. I want. I've been meaning to, but it's like I think it's out of color and time, or something like that. Color out of out. color and space. Yeah. yeah, and that one's also supposed to be like a Lovecraftian, bonkers yeah. type of movie. And so he's really leaning into that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like I, I, I have a good time with him. Um, I, I enjoyed the uh, National Treasure trilogy. Mm-hmm. They're they're always fun, but. As soon as I saw that screen grab on our stories that you posted and that he gets top billing from this movie, I was like, oh, he's
0: going to be the love interest. Well, buckle up. This is going to be weird. Yeah, so I actually didn't see this movie for the first time until like after college. I was living here in Atlanta. So it's a relatively new one for it to be like part of my culture, as they say. Um, But it's just it's become such a weird comfort watch to me and I can't uh, I can't fully remember what I thought the story was going into this I think for some reason I thought like Cher and her family like ran a restaurant or something like that and it had something to do with that Um, so what I guess like going into Moonstruck not even knowing like Nick Cage was in it like what did you think the story was going to be like just having seen like the poster I had no idea I didn't even know what the poster looked like what the logo looked like which is really clever by the way
1: um i really the only thing like i said i knew is that it, she's smacking somebody and saying snap out of it so i was like okay maybe. like a
0: legal crime drama for all you know it's like maybe
1: her last name is moon and
0: she goes around
1: striking people i was hoping there was gonna be more smacking throughout the film name is share moon share moon and you need to snap out like that's her you know her catchphrase and she just goes right moon her. private eye. <laughs> so that's kind of I was like, that'd be hilarious if that's what you it was. Been
0: <laughs>
1: <struck>. <laughs> you just got struck by the law.
0: Moon struck.
1: Yeah. So that's that's I had no idea what it was um going to be. That's fantastic. Then the the film kicks up. It starts uh, I, I tried to, like, avert my eyes, like, on the Amazon rent screen of, like, the description.
0: Yeah, they'll tell you a lot there.
1: And I didn't want to spoil myself, so I didn't look uh, look at that. But, you know, the film kicks on, and it's That's Amore. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, it's Italian, maybe. And they, <laughs> no, getting man, somewhere. <laughs> we're getting somewhere. And it is an Italian-American movie through and through. Right? Yeah. That's the, I saw an article that like Moonstruck is the best movie about Italian Americans that isn't about
0: mobsters. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, people think that this is like such a great movie about New York as well. Just like in, in a place in New York that isn't as often explored, like a lot of New York movies take place in like Manhattan or Upper East Side. And I think this is more kind of in like the Bronx Queens area.
1: Yeah. The, Um, the
0: little Italys of it all. That kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I I had in my notes that I I think one of the things that's so comforting to me about this movie, <laughs> it's like that it. I was thinking while watching this uh, and kind of watching these people going in and out of houses in New York uh, and kind of walking on the streets and talking. I was like, this feels like it takes place in another world, in another time. Like it feels like it's out of a universe. Um, but there's there's also like such a tactile um nature to the film i was thinking like they're using like these phones she's a bookkeeper she does taxes for people but she's kind of just writing everything down on paper all the time they're walking everywhere they're taking cabs and stuff and ultimately like i realized i was just feeling nostalgic for you know the literal 80s yeah there uh just like wasn't maybe as much cell phones or internet and that's literally it. And it feels like a fantasy world for me.
1: That's funny. Cause I had a similar kind of thought. So jumping ahead. So like they get to, we get to the scene where they go to the opera mm-hmm. and she's going there to meet him. She's lived in New York her whole, her whole life. And she's mm-hmm. like, where's the Met Ugh. ridiculous. Like you it's should so know where great. the Met is. You should know where it is.
0: It's so great.
1: She gets out of the cab and she's looking stunning, drop dead gorgeous. And then she just, they're just kind of like st- she's stumbling around through the crowd and he's just like waiting by the the fountains and i was like what did we do before cell phones of like hey where are you i'll be there in five minutes Mm -hmm. you know that kind of thing you just kind of had to just guess and hope yeah that you've run into the person that
0: you're going to meet at the time you said you you bring up a good point though this this movie joins the 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 lore of house bunny and uh freaky friday as like a secret makeover movie it Um, is yeah like a makeover happens in the middle of it
1: i wish they would have i was waiting for the 80s thing i was waiting for a montage
0: Mm. i was waiting for a, a song or something in there but they they bing bang boom it pretty quick I think I think Working Girl kind of came out around that same time and was that movie. Okay, so they're um, like, we can't do that again. Well, I think that's 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 probably after that's like eighty eight or eighty nine. But like you know, for fans of that sort of eighties movie, you have Working Girl, and this is more just like not working girl, but like walking share. You know,
2: yeah, it's like she's Cher- just
0: walking around the streets in a trench coat. Yeah but just was just looking looking fabulous oh she looks so good in this movie
1: i thought they were gonna give her like the share hairdo because like they have her hair straight and they're cutting it mm-hmm. and then she walks out with like the craziest perm yeah. big updo in the world it's insane yeah it's
0: her, her hair, hair in is this movie huge. is huge her hair in this movie is like the the the, the secret third build actor um it shares <laughs> yeah. hair it's so good um Covering, let me let me cover the rest of the the Oscar nominations for this film. So we had Best Picture. This movie also got nominated for Best Director for Norman Jewison, who um, the only other thing that I know that he directed he's directed a million things, but he directed Fiddler, Fiddler on the Roof back oh, in the seventies. Okay, you ever get a chance to see that? I didn't, but I'm familiar. That's another fun one that you That's should cool. check out. Yeah, it's like a it's an epic that I. think think is during um early 1900s but uh it's the it's the tevia character and it's a musical and it's it's super fun to watch
1: there is literally a fiddler on a roof at one point
0: there is literally a fiddler on the roof at the the very end good i love it it's super fun um Best actress, Cher wins. Um, best supporting actress, Olympia Dukakis wins. We don't give Olympia Dukakis enough credit for having the most amazing name in all of Hollywood.
2: It's so um, good. Is
0: that her given name? I believe so. Let me check what Wikipedia says. Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. That's great. Born Olympia Dukakis in Massachusetts. Wow. Yeah, she
1: shows up to Hollywood, and they're like, hey, so we're at the point where, you know, this is Hollywood. You can change your name if you want. Do you want to change your name? She's like, fuck no. My name is awesome.
0: <laughs> Do you see my name? Are you kidding me? Look at all these vowels. Look at His this. His name's going to be in Big Lets. <laughs> um, this wins Best Screenplay, John Patrick Shanley. And then the last nomination it gets, <clears throat> excuse me, is Best Supporting Actor for our good friend Vincent Gardenia, who was Mr. Mushnik in Little Shop of Horror. Yeah. connections baby
1: absolutely full-on connections for sure that's right you brought that up in that episode you're like Mm -hmm. that's funny because the dad is or you know mr mushnick is the dad from moonstruck and i was like i've never seen moonstruck and you're like get the fuck out
2: of here that was it that was probably it yeah
1: yeah and then we talked about it later but yeah he okay so he and olympia dukakis Mm -hmm. have such an interesting storyline going on it's very you know um what's the what's the the christmas movie
0: Oh, um, 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 Love Actually.
1: Yeah, it's got tinges of that.
0: Yeah, there's we're kind of just walking around, bumping into each other, and affecting people's lives and stuff. Yeah,
1: and just like, you know, cheating on each other with impunity. <laughs> <Right>. You know,
0: <laughs> it's just insane.
1: But that story, you know, okay, so this is where it loses me because there's so well, not even loses me, but it's just like, I wish there were a little bit more things turned up and turned down, or I wish they could have focused on one aspect versus another. Yeah. So like the serious nature of what's going on, you know, um, sure. It gets played for laughs at the last scene of like, you know, with when Johnny and Ronnie finally face off against each other. And it's like, I'm marrying her, but I'm not going to marry her. Cause mom's not dead. All this kind of stuff like it. Ha ha ha. But almost
0: everyone mar- in this movie is physically or emotionally cheating on someone else. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like, and, and not to the the extreme of um that movie with Jude Law and Natalie Portman closer. Not to that extreme. I've never seen that one. That movie is heartbreakingly in, in deep in that of just people just ruining each other's lives. Very cheaty. Yeah. Very cheaty, very hurty, that kind of stuff. Not to that extreme. But like let's let's take stock of what's actually going on here. Not, you know, Olympia Dukak is saying to Mr. Mushnik, you know, I want you to stop seeing her and go to confessional. Ha ha ha. You know, like, you know, there there's some big stuff going on here. Big things that are moving, you know, as soon as Cher meets Nick Cage, they bang on his bed. Like, mm. <laughs> and she's just like, whatever, take me to bed. I don't care. I don't I care mean, anymore.
0: This This movie uses, obviously, the full moon as kind of like a plot device for like, People people kind of be crazy with the full moon, but it's honestly about like when when your passion overtakes you, like where which direction you're gonna go, and so yeah. you get like Cher, and Nicolas Cage, who are on who can't keep their hands off of each other. You know they they have duties to other directions, but they they can't resist. You know the physical attraction that they have for each what, other
1: what what is nick cage's duty to like br- <laughs> the bread oven
0: like his brother he can't sleep with his brother's fiance but he doesn't even anyway. i want to take you to bed you come from my brother ronnie uh <laughs> johnny uh, oh it's, my god we're it's, it's such we gotta unpack time. that whole scene but but and then you have Cher's Dad who's maybe kind of a little sleazier with it. His his storylines where it gets kind of icky cuz like he's just straight up cheating on his wife, his loyal wife, you know. Yeah. Um and that's kind of like an ongoing thing. It's not really a passion thing. It's more just like he seems bored and the wife gets to the bottom of it and she's like it's because you're just afraid to die. You're trying to hang on to your youth as much as you can.
1: And like and that's such such a profound like mm-hmm realization like at the end of the movie especially when um when Johnny comes back and she, and she's just interrogate not interrogating him on the couch but she's just like why do men chase women mm-hmm. and then he eventually lands on you know because you know maybe they're afraid to die and it's like that's amazing like that's so profound and stuff like mm-hmm. that but it kind of gets lost amidst the
0: kookiness for me and just Nick Cage's face <laughs> <laughs> he's got a crazy crazy little rat face in this
2: but so, like the, the yeah. scene
0: on the couch with with Johnny, with um, if you watch Olympia Dukakis' Oscar win, that's actually the scene that they use, you know, like when they play the montage of like everyone who was nominated, that's yeah. her scene that, her yeah. that they use.
1: Every scene that she's in, she is the straight, mm-hmm. straight man. Everyone else is this, not even heightened character, but they're just going through crazy things. She meets up with that professor at the restaurant who's... Like clearly problematic dating Mm -hmm. children, teenagers, Mm -hmm. barely young adults in college that he's teaching, like predatory for sure. And, you know, like her husband, who's, you know, crazy running off with this other woman and her daughter and all this stuff. Like it's all like elevated outside of kind of like her very real bubble. So every Mm -hmm. scene she's in, she anchors it and with, you know, the realness yeah. um reality and you know i kind of wish that they would have maybe dug into a little bit more of the i don't know more of that realness to it a little bit more of the consequences that of like real life consequences that would happen of mm-hmm. i don't know it's all um, very
0: heightened it's all very heightened and they they careen towards a happy ending that everyone just kind of rolls over each other in but um Rose, the mom storyline, is actually more my favorite, uh, just because of what you're saying. Like she kind of, she's aware of everything that's happening around her, and then she she has dinner alone and is eventually uh, invites the 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 sleazy
1: professor sleazy
0: professor guy over to eat with her, and she kind of knows that she has the opportunity to kind of join in on the passion. The rest of the past, doing. yeah. But she is the one that's actually able to kind of step back and recognize all this for what it is. And she's she's I love the way that ultimately ends is like she recognizes that like she could feel something else for other people and kind of act on her own passions. But she also has like a duty uh, and a direction uh, with her own marriage that she feels loyal to.
1: The line that she says is brilliant as um, they get to her house, the professor walks her home. And he's Mm -hmm. like, aren't you going to invite me inside? I bet, you know, there's nobody or, you know, something like that. There's nobody home. And she's like, yeah, no one's home, but uh, I'm not going to invite you inside. Like, I'm too old for you. He's like, I'm too old for me. Mm -hmm. She's like, no, I'm not going to do that because I know who I am. Yeah. Everyone else has no idea who they are.
0: Yeah. No, no, no. She's it's like you're saying she's the rock. She's the straight guy uh, in all of this. And she. Is able to recognize everyone else acting on their childish impulses, and she's able to kind of turn in another direction against her own.
1: Yeah, she uh, is the voice of reason. It's great. It's
0: wonderful. so good. Such a such a resounding win for her. I'm so glad. Um, well, I I have some more thoughts, but let we we always get too far in without actually doing the you know the details. Let me just round off some film stats here, um, and then we can get into like trailer and plot description. So. Okay. Moonstruck, uh, released in December 1997. What a Christmas movie. See it with the whole fam. It really is. Um, directed by Norman Jewison, um, starring Cher, Nicolas Cage, Vincent Gardinia, Olympia Dukakis, and Danny Aiello. Um, made $102 million against a budget of $15 million. This was very, very low nice. budget. Every, very low. Yeah. And then nominated for the, the six Oscars that we've been discussing. Um. So, Justin, before we get too far, let's let's kind of knock out the trailer and plot description. You want to pull that bad no, boy up, and we can kind of get transported back to eighties trailer um, yeah. magic. I'll
1: bring you back to the the simpler times when I was born. Oh wow! And we'll talk about it.
2: The moon brings the woman to the man. Capisce? Mm-hmm. The moon is a little like love. Will you marry me? I will marry you. I will be your wife. you love him, Loretta? No. Good. When you love him, they drive you crazy. Sometimes, Why are you marrying Johnny? He's a fool. It makes you act a little crazy. Where are you taking me? To the bed. Oh, God. Okay, I don't care. I don't care. Take me. Take me to the bed.
1: Isn't it romantic? You get a love bite on your neck. Your life's going down the
2: toilet. You have your eyes open for you, my friend? I have my eyes open. I'll say no more. You haven't said anything. <laughs> I ah, You ruined my life. That's impossible. You ruined my life. Look, it's Cosmo's moon. Why do men chase women? Nerves. I don't want to talk about it. That moon, that crazy moon, now, you don't. I love you. What? Snap out of it. I'm confused. They say there's nothing new under the sun. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <clears throat> but under the moon, that's another story. You love him, Loretta? Ma, I love him awful. Oh, God, that's too bad. Cher. Nicholas Cage in a Norman Jewison film. Alla famiglia, eh? A la
0: Amazing. That's such a good trailer. Right? You know, we see some good trailers and we see some bad trailers, but that's that's a great one.
1: That's a good trailer. Yeah. <laughs> it's just leaning hard into the Italian Uh, overture musetta's waltz you know
0: passion it feels like an opera it does Um, let me see you (laughs) summarize the plot for this movie in uh, a minute or less um that trailer no um hang on hang on hang on let me cue this up you ready (laughs) you ready to summarize the plot for 1987's moonstruck Starring Cher and Nicolas Cage? You Starring Cher and Nicolas Cage. Yeah. And your time starts now.
1: Moonstruck centers around Cher, and she is an Italian-American lady who's down on her luck. She was married before, but he died two years after, and she's just like, I'm, I'm, I'm over it. Um, she's a bookkeeper for people around town. Uh, and then she's dating this guy, Johnny Campanelli or Capistrani, I don't remember um but she's not marrying him for love she kind of likes him but she she's trying to change her luck uh but the moon is at play and it's and it's causing everyone to go a little bit wacky and then she runs into nick cage which is his brother and they fall in love and you're like no don't do that he has a wooden hand why would you do that um and he's crazy obviously they go to the opera and her dad's cheating on her mom and no one likes it and uh her great grandpa or somebody is walking dogs and he's real good with dogs um the moon there's two full moons in a row 10 seconds and uh, uh, she's like, I'm not going to marry this guy. I'm going to marry this guy. And everyone's like, hey, that's fine. No big deal. And uh, that's Moonstruck, baby.
0: That's pretty great. I mean, you left out Olympia Dukakis entirely, but like, we'll forgive that. Yeah. Um, I think you hit the story beats. It's, it's very much just a, a, a movie about people getting swept away um, by, by their impulses and what they're going to do once they land on their feet.
1: Yeah. And, you know, like we said, the, the moon causing, you know, blame it on the moon. You know, the, this is before like astrology got real big. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, yeah. I don't know what Saturn was doing. Uh, I'm not I'm not even sure if it was the age of Aquarius or
0: not. Probably. They didn't even have all the planets back then. They all had to do all the <laughs> zodiac signs based off of the moon. Everyone yeah. has the same zodiac sign. Idiots. <laughs> all the moon. <laughs> um. <laughs> Okay, so so we're in we're in kind of Oscar discussion mode. We talked about the Social Network, and that movie was very heavy on the score for us, the editing, and obviously Sorkin's screenplay. I think this movie uh, and the reason it's so like iconic and beloved for so many people, this movie lives and dies with that screenplay. Um, so like, we all the way back in our first episode with uh devil wears Prada technically our third episode because we iconically have two unreleased episodes iconically Um, but
1: also like ironically
0: ironically um we we talked about um the monologues being so iconic in devil wears Prada and how like the performance is shown through because of that script and because of the space they were able to be given um and then in social network even then you get more uh like longer monologues longer like sorkin level dialogues people walking and talking i think this movie um from a screenplay perspective what makes it so successful is kind of the snappier one-liners it's 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 a much more different uh uh sound to your ears really it's a much more different cadence it's it's about like a, a few people in a room together and they're just bouncing stuff off of each other right uh, they're bouncing feelings they're bouncing words um and it's all a lot more like fast paced um and i think this movie finds a lot of success uh in that uh and the performances that come out of it are in part due to that screenplay
1: yeah so you mentioned it before the the who wrote who wrote the screenplay um, John Patrick Shanley. So you said he had a history background with doing plays, correct? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. And a lot of plays. so this feels <laughs> okay. Uh, this feels kind of like a stage play in a way. Yeah. Um,
0: you people... could you could easily imagine Moonstruck on Broadway or something
1: like that. Yeah, because and, and this is something that Ryan and I discussed of just like. It is in the dialogue, right? And it feels not supernaturalist. Not supernatural, but, like, it doesn't feel mm-hmm. natural in a mm-hmm. way. It feels sort of forced, in a sense, but, like... It feels very written down. It feels very yeah. written. It doesn't feel like something that, like, no one talks like that. You yeah, know, no height- one... It is very heightened, and it feels like a stage play in that regard. Which, you know, it's not a, it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing against it, but, like... I would be interested, in, and I'm sure it's sacri- you know, sacrilege to even suggest, but like, mm-hmm. if you were to imagine an alternate reality where you know, someone was going to take a whack at rewriting or redoing this movie. You can go straight to hell. <laughs> I'm losing all of my cred um, in the community. Totally fine. Um, like If it were written by Sorkin or, yep. um, <laughs> I don't know why this popped in my head, like Diablo Cody. You know, oh hell yeah if, like you know, if, if they wrote the screen yeah. yeah if they wrote the screenplay uh or you know more famously i think of jennifer's body you know mm-hmm. that kind of thing <laughs> hilarious great but you know like more modern snappier kind of more conversationalist kind yeah. of dialogue um and kind of either, you know like i said either leaning more into the comedy aspect or leaning more into the drama aspect
0: it is um, it's it's interesting that you bring up like a, a Sorkin and a Diablo Cody cuz they won Oscars not back to back but within like 5 years of each other for screenplay. So obviously Sorkin wins for Social Network, Diablo Cody won for Juno. Yep. And it's it's got that same kind of like uh snappy dialogue, obviously like a heavily layered amount of quirkiness on the Juno side of things, but you can very easily see one of them translating a script like Moonstruck into like, how am I, I going to make the the audience feel what these characters are feeling when they're interacting with each other just through the words that they're saying?
1: Yeah, like, there there's a really interesting, compelling story, you know, through and through. Um, mm-hmm. You look past, you know, the, um, I don't know, the you take off the rose-colored glasses of, like, oh, my God, it's Cher, and it's Olympia Dukakis doing these amazing things, and it's mm-hmm. Nick Cage in one of his earlier roles, and isn't he silly? Isn't he crazy over the top? You know, like there's a lot of really interesting things at play. So, you know, if you were to take like a real life look of like a cross section of you know a real Italian American family, you know, deep knit in the community, you know, and all of these you know um, character misgivings and things like that that are going on, like Mm -hmm. that would be really interesting to look at.
0: Yeah, there's there's several moments in this film where I think it really succeeds and it makes me love it in in the way that it it makes this family feel very lived in. Like, this seems like a realistic family. Like, forget the forget the Nick Cage of it all for a second. Like, Cher being a product of these two people, like Loretta being a product of her mother and her father, them living in this household that is, like, very, like, subtly uh, decorated and art-designed and stuff, to feel, like, very lived in a very normal. Um, but I think what people love about these move, this movie tends to be like the little moments. So like people uh, talk about like the, the moment in the kitchen when you first see the mom kind of like making the egg in the, in the little piece of bread and yeah. then a the moment with like Cher kicking a can down the street. It's kind of these uh, little moments of silence when Cher just kind of puts the radio on and just sits with a glass of wine for a second. Yeah. Um, it's it, it feels, these characters feel very, I mean, we can't say realistic because this movie is insane, but like this, these characters <laughs> feel very related to each other and very comfortable with each other.
1: The phrase you said of lived in is, mm-hmm. is totally apt. Um, I'd love the casting of Olympia Dukakis opposite mm-hmm. of Cher. They look like they could 100% be mother-daughter. Yeah. Um, and then like you said, just character-wise, just seeing like how her father is, the interaction when she first comes home and she opens the, the wine or champagne or whatever it is. And she's telling him that she's going to get married. Mm. You know, that's a really great scene, too. Um, and you can kind of see, you know, where she gets some of her cynicism and a lot of her history. It's really great. I love that dynamic. Um, but, yeah, lived in, I think, is, is the key phrase there. Um, yeah. And, yeah, that's something I, had, I didn't think about. You know, like the, the set decoration, the house decoration, it feels, you know, real. It feels, you know, you, it's believable.
0: yeah. I mean one of one of the notes I had is like this there's there's so many things that are just like refreshing about this movie and its screenplay in particular mainly in the ways that like these people this family they're so I mean it's 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 a movie about cheaters kind of but like they're they're so like blunt and kind of honest in their speaking that it's 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 refreshing to see people voice their passions so clearly, like in voice what they're thinking. So like you have like moments between uh, Loretta and Rose where Rose <laughs> is like, do you love her and share it just like immediately is like, no, no, I don't love them at all. Like I, I, I like, good. him, and that's good enough. And the mom's like, okay, that's great. Um, yeah. and then at the very end, like, do you love them? Yeah, ma- I love them awful. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. um, and there's just like, there's, there's, uh, a refreshing uh, feeling with that like uh, blunt talking and with that uh, with seeing people just acting on their passion and maybe like I'm 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 coming from my own personal uh, life with that where it's like you you kind of wish you could you know you could talk like that and you could just kind of like walk around the streets of New York and just like you know fall in love with the first uh, brother-in-law that you see <laughs> um. Man, like <laughs>
1: pairing okay so two things here. Looking at Johnny and Ronnie next to each other, they do not look like brothers at all. No. <laughs> not at all. And then also the throwaway line of, Johnny, you're 42. That man it, is six years older than I am?
0: It's insane. Is uh, that what
1: I'm going to look like in six years? Like, God, I hope
0: not. We we got to have a second to talk about the ages in this movie. So of the actors, Cher is about 40 when filming this. Nicholas Cage is... I think like 22. Um, <laughs> kind of insane. Olympia Dukakis is maybe like 10 to 12 years older than Cher in this. Vincent Gardinia is probably pretty pretty older. He's he's like 15 or 20 years older than Olympia Dukakis, actually. Yeah. And then Danny Aiello, who plays Johnny, is actually closer to Olympia Dukakis' age than Cher is. So all over the place all over the place um but i mean somehow you make it work and then we talking in 2023 just chalk it up to like oh it was the 80s people look different back then it was the 80s lead poison 40 40 meant something
1: way different back then man like there's there's a great hole down tiktok of of looking at why don't millennials look the age that they do comparatively <laughs> to other generations it's hilarious check it out mm. um it's really great but hey, real quick, uh, I just saw you take a sip. I take a sip too. We're both drinking something red. Joe, are we
0: on? Are we on a, a streak? Did we? Yeah. Did are we, we on a moon you? streak? Um, so we were on a green streak. Now we're on a red streak. Did you also go in the direction of a cosmopolitan? No, not really. Tell me what you got.
1: This is something that I'm calling a love bite on the neck. Aww. Uh This is gin, cranberry, lemon, and grenadine. And it is delicious. And then I cut a strawberry into the shape of a heart, because this movie's Aww. all about love, you know? This movie's about I, love.
0: So I also had a dried or freeze-dried strawberry that was kind of clipped onto my drink but it fell off. Um, this is a Cosmos Moon Moonpolitan. <laughs> um, and it's, it's, it's the exact same recipe as a Cosmopolitan, which is uh, vodka, Cointreau, lime juice, cranberry juice, and... Uh, uh, we added like a crushed strawberry sugar situation on the rim. Delightful. It's very sweet. I didn't know what a cosmopolitan was until today. And
1: you're a fan. Mm-hmm. Yes. You, you could you just drink cosmos like all day in the city. Yes. Just yes. Like, smoke
0: my lucky stripes or whatever.
1: Lucky stripes. Yep. Yeah. Not lucky strikes at all. No. Nope. Moon moon stripes. You can tell I smoke a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I also love that that Jonathan is getting involved, but only just barely
0: by helping out <laughs> with the cocktails. Anytime I have something on the rim, he he has been involved because I don't know how to do that correctly. You got to dip it in the the liquid
1: a little bit and then kind of just like frost it around. Yeah, it's sorry, it's a it's sorry. a delicate work for me, delicate
0: skill. <laughs> um, God, what else is there to talk about with Moonstruck? This this movie is. Very iconic in the uh, queer community, but also just, you know, the community at large, the share of it all, the the, the passion of it all, the love of it all. We, we could have we watched this movie for, like, any for number February. of our previous uh, miniseries. Like, you kind of wish this movie was a musical in a way. Um, that would be very interesting. You know, like, talking about the music, you know,
1: I already talked about That's Amore. A and musetta's waltz like those are the only two things that i remember playing over and over and over again mm-hmm. throughout the throughout the movie it relies, was
0: wise it relies very much on more like classical pieces because it's it's the story is talking about these like classic feelings that people have it's not more of like a an 80s you know pop sensation film like working <laughs> girl would be uh yeah it, it's more of just like this is a classic love story dealing with you know themes that have haunted humanity as long as the moon has been out
1: exactly I mean, that's it that's why right wow. like looking at a contemporary movie that we've talked about before you know akin to this one that came in, coming about about the same time when harry met sally you know it mm-hmm. was more progressive it's still about love and you know when two people fall in love and that kind of stuff and you know that kind of leans more into a little bit more of a um I don't know specific personal kind of thing this one is a little bit more bigger right it's it's the nuclear family it's Mm -hmm. the community all at play Um, but yeah that one feels more progressive in a sense this one feels a little bit more timeless because you brought up before you know this movie feels a little bit out of space out of time
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, it's kind of timeless in a way right. Um, yeah. Cause like
0: when Harry met Sally, Sally, they're at like a sharper image at one point. Uh, yeah, whereas it, with this one, it feels weird when you see a baseball game on the, on the bar TV, like it feels like it's out of place in the movie.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh cause I remember, yeah, Ryan mentioned, she's like, are we, is this in New York? Are we in Italy? Are we supposed mm-hmm. to be winning? When, when even is this movie? And it, well, cause it's on purpose. Right.
0: Yeah, I think that's the intention of the film. It's kind of a coming together of the old world of Europe and the new world of America, and like uh, uh, how these characters kind of live at that intersection and show it. It does really feel of two times in that way, and you kind of you get lost in um, what time period you're really in. And so the the moments when like technology of the late '80s does come into play feel feel kind of disjointed.
1: Yeah, like they didn't. She didn't pull out like an eight track. Or or something like that, or a, yeah. a CD or something like that that was just cutting edge at the at the late 80s, that kind of thing. It's it, it feels just very just you know normal that kind of thing. So I, I love you brought up you know the old world and the new world because you know I'm sure that that's common in you know a lot of these European you know coming over to New York you know uh, mm-hmm. any other place in America that kind of thing like the very central nuclear family all living together it's normal it's not out out of um you know the the scope of of something like that to happen
0: yeah she's in her late 30s living with her parents after her first husband gets hit by a bus
1: yeah and her dad's dad lives with them Mm -hmm. and he has a hundred dogs and it's like it's no one bats an eye they have and a that, house
0: that's basically like the corner of the block entirely.
1: Yeah. I, run, I wonder what that place would go for nowadays. Like it would make your brain hurt. $2 billion. $2.1 Yeah. A steal. Um, in,
2: this,
1: in this economy? Yes, of course. Um, but yeah, I, I think there's a lot to be said. And so, you know, you coming from a, a, a Catholic background, you, you know, know. The, the Catholic touches, I'm sure, also just welcome, you know, feels I, right at home.
0: I had a note where it's like it's not necessarily be- from like a religious Catholic standpoint, for more of like a cultural Catholic standpoint. Yeah, like familial. This movie, yeah, this movie reminds me of church and the people who went to church when I was younger. Like this movie feels like I lived in that time for half a second yeah uh uh, the the times when they when they go to church and the mom's like your father's having an affair like i i i recognize that type of church i recognize the type of home that they live in where it's like very much like um you know the pictures on the wall of the family it, it feels very connected to family connected to the old world it's not uh you know overly decorated in any way it's kind of like it's got like a brown and red color scheme it's it's
1: it's utilitarian yeah it's
0: deeply catholic in a way
1: yeah and (laughs) and yeah mother mother dukakis just making just a gallon of coffee in the morning for anybody who wants to come in off the street and then a vat of oatmeal just for everybody like don't you
0: want that kitchen
1: i know right so like that's another thing that i kind of you know I bet if they were to redo this movie, which again is sacrilege, and I can go straight to hell, I'll see myself out. Yeah. Um, taking more of a of a love story approach to the food, I think would have been an interesting mm-hmm. touch as well. Mm-hmm. Not to say everything needs to be awashed with spaghetti and linguine and whatever, but like just show the family cooking a meal, and like it's just a place setting. Everyone's chopping something. Everybody's doing something, but they're yeah. still having these meaningful conversations of like, "I think your father's cheating on me." I don't know. Like that could be great and i kind okay. of wish they would have leaned more into that
0: like a nancy myers or a nora efron does um does moonstruck uh a little bit yeah should we write
1: a letter to hollywood right now and cc all of the people we've mentioned diablo cody aaron Sorkin?
0: yeah i think i think i think they've all kind of had it in the back of their mind and this is really kind of the the straw that breaks the camel's back they're like we have the UCU endorsement. It's time to go. We got to jump on this. <laughs> Do you guys um, see how many listeners they have? Thirty five. Get it before Korea gets a hold of it.
1: You know? Can you imagine? I don't want to. I don't want to yeah. live in that world. We bring most of
0: Brussels with us. Um, <laughs> they stand strong behind us. <laughs> we love Brussels. I. I mean I. I texted you while I was watching this. I couldn't help but just kind of write down so many of the the lines from this movie. They're that bonkers. are my favorite. The moments from this movie, you kind of just want to live within every scene that happens. I mean, like, from the... From the first scene where they're at the restaurant and they have the whole back and forth around how a guy should propose and she's talking about like bad luck, you know? Mm-hmm. And like you gotta get down on your knee and the uh, your your pinky ring will work fine. Um and again, like there's a refreshing nature to it to how like she doesn't she doesn't give a shit, it's if it's a pinky ring. She doesn't care that like people are walking are watching them. She's like, Yeah, get down on your knee. She she kinda knows what she wants in this situation. Yeah. Uh, and the the professor guy like looking over at them because he's kind of secretly in the background and all of this getting dumped for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> is that man praying? Um, <laughs> when, they, when they get to the airport because he has to go to Sicily to see his mom or Sicily, Italy, somewhere in Italy. Oh, um, she, she, Cher kind of walks over to an old woman who's like, I put a curse on that plane. My sister is on that plane. <laughs>
1: And then she goes, I don't believe in curses. And she goes, yeah, me neither.
0: <laughs> it's so funny. Um, yeah, that whole first... the whole
1: backstory, I want a prequel with that lady.
0: Moonstruck <laughs> in her her the sister. early years. Mm-hmm. Uh, them waking up the mom, and the first thing she says is, who's dead? Um, <laughs> you love him, Loretta? No. Good. Um, this whole movie is a comedy about how love can be dangerous. Um, uh, let me see. Uh, the... <laughs> We, we could write essays about the Nicolas Cage introduction scene, but the fact that they add in the Chrissy character, who is like the, the yeah. counter lady who's secretly in love with him, and then you never see him again. Ever Amazing. again. Chrissy, Thanks. bring me the big knife.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you texted that to me, and I lost it.
0: He <laughs> is an opera character. He is doing the most. He is the definition of melodrama, and he can swing back and forth. What I would want to know is, does their marriage even happen after this movie ends, and how long do they last? I don't think they last very long.
1: I yeah, um, I want the sequel. You know, the the fifth, uh, however old this movie is, thirty yeah, it's the same age as me, thirty six year old mm-hmm. sequel of like, let's catch up with them now. What happened? Moonstruck two, Electric Boogaloo, Moonstruck. Here
0: we go again. <laughs> <laughs> I want to
1: see what happens. Yeah, like. <laughs> And I touched on this before, like so. Nick Cage has a fucking wooden hand. I
0: lost my wife. I (laughs) lost my hand.
1: (laughs) It's used as just like a tiny plot device, and then never brought up again. He wears a glove, so like I want to know, like was this his? Was this his choice? Was this was this written in the script like explicitly? Like this is why the brothers don't talk to each other because he accidentally got his hand cut off in a bread slicer
2: i
0: i love there's like a small kind of connection that happens where she goes to a liquor store in one of the first scenes and the the wife of the guy at the counter is kind of arguing with him telling him that he's a wolf and she's like he's like you've never met a wolf Cher's kind of smiling at their back and forth later she's having she's having a steak with uh ronnie um, and he's talking about his hand, and she's like, "You're a wolf who chewed off your own leg to get out of that relationship." And she's like, "She's kind of cursed to see to the soul of everyone that she meets." Yeah, like she she reads him to death immediately. Oh, and that's so funny. He, she makes
1: a mistake, and he's like, "I only eat them well done." Oh she's like, God. it's "You're gonna eat it bloody, and you're gonna like it." And he's like, it's "No." Good.
0: It's good. the exact line that she says which i wrote in all caps in my notes is you'll eat this one bloody to feed your blood (laughs) incredible who talks like that justin when i tell you that this movie is such a good time oh you have like the cute little scene with like the aunt and the uncle uh he's got like cosmo's moon he tells the story of when like cosmo was first courting rose and kind of that's what kind of Gives you an idea that like Cosmo and Rose weren't uh, estranged like this all the time. And they, they have love that they can game back. Um, him and the ant are kind of sweet together when they have that moment in the moonlight. Um, yeah,
1: she says, in this light, you look like you're
0: 25. And uh, he's like... That's so sweet. I, I know I do. And then, they, then they get it on. <laughs> she uh, doesn't
1: want anything to do with him.
0: <laughs> obviously, you got Snap out of it. You have a makeover scene. Um, there's a, there's a there's a moment when they meet each other at the opera and he's like your hair and then the way she says yeah I had it done um, so <laughs> perfect like such a perfect line reading of that that makes it so memorable and then the one of the things that he says when he's trying to convince her to sleep with him again is like playing it safe just about the most dangerous thing a woman like you could do I mean I I'd, I'd fuck Nick Cage after that. Um, the screenwriter writing that is just like, <laughs> yeah.
1: flames like, coming off the page. I'm done
0: for the day. Like, we did it. Whew, whew, I need a cigarette. Like that, That's a good line. And then the just. I mean, we end on that last scene in the kitchen, which I, I wanna I wanna watch for the rest of my life. I think. Uh, just more and more people coming in, uh, and them just like literally throwing it all out on the table. Uh, everyone's here. It's Let's great. Go.
1: Just like who's at the door now?
0: It's and great. the 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 mom and the dad kind of have a sweet moment that takes you a little bit down to reality where she's like you know we we know that we still love each other but I need you to end this um and you're I've been with you your whole life like get a grip on yourself this this you 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 haven't been like uh running away from something your whole life you are going to die eventually you better want to be with me who's kind of been loyal to you uh, she's not taking any shit from him, which yeah. is kind of awesome.
1: It's great. She puts her foot down
0: and slams it on the table and just says, J- "Fucking grow up." And then they and then they fucking move on. Uh, and everyone's kind of great. And Cher's just kind of like rolling her eyes at it. Like this is something that happens every Tuesday, you know? Right.
1: Yeah, yeah. Mom and dad, classic.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, I would love. I any if I'm ever going to go out for small theater for mm. a role, I'm going to do the Nick Cage, yeah. uh, monologue. When we first meet him you know like uh they say bread is life <laughs> you know that whole thing is just
2: ridiculous. and so i
0: make bread every day it's just so insane um, christy over by the wall bring, bring me the big, the big knife. knife
2: yeah no johnny i won't do it <laughs> i'm gonna do, nowhere.
1: do all the characters very michael scott-esque yeah christy uh, bring me the big knife leave nothing but the skin on my bones <laughs> and then i love two things you and the opera
0: and the opera you've come to the opera for me
1: like uh, i i want to know like when rounding out the character of ronnie who is obviously yes the the exact mirror opposite of johnny who's a goofball like the gag that he keeps leaving his luggage everywhere like it's just a dry sock this guy sucks and Johnny is the exact opposite. He got all the brain cells and the oxygen. Um, you are a
0: son who doesn't love his mother. <laughs> You're 42. Like,
1: it's insane. <laughs> he, you know, when writing out that character, like, these are the truths. J- Bronny loathes his brother Johnny because he made him lose his hand and now he has a wooden hand, but he loves the opera and he works at a bakery and he slings Coal into this giant coal oven. like is that again how you like
0: what time period is
1: this? It's like, why did they get like one of the steam engines off of the Titanic
0: to <laughs> bake the bread? Like, is that how it works? And so I make bread. Uh, it's insane. This we gotta a- do justice to these names. So you have the Castorinis, you have the Camareris, who's Ronnie and Johnny., um, and then you have. Rita and Raymond Capamaggi, uh, who is the aunt and uncle, so Rose's brother uh, and his wife. So okay. great. Uh, you just, you just want to live in it. You want to slurp it up like a noodle. Um, like,
1: if I myself were Italian-American, I would love the, the representation, the realness of the movie, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Um, so like, I can appreciate it for what it is, for that, because um, it's something you rarely see most of the time when you, and I brought this up at the top, you know, most of the time you think of an Italian American movie or something like there's some tie to the mafia Mm -hmm. or the mob or something like that. And it gets very tired, very boring uh, a lot of the time, but this one just is just about just, you know, a community, a family, that kind of thing. And uh, they're very Catholic and they're just, um, you
2: know, they're
0: just living their
1: lives under the moon.
0: They're, they're Catholic in a way that's so cultural to that, which is so Catholic. Like, they don't necessarily like invoke God or she goes to confession. Uh, it's so funny when she kind of tries to like sneak in the fact that she slept with Nick Cage in between two other smaller sins. Uh...
1: Yeah. Oh, I have that, that one written down. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's not a sin. But what was what was that second <laughs> thing you said? Uh, <laughs> I took the Lord's name in vain. I'm sleeping with with some other guy. And but I like, bounced a check at the liquor store. He's <laughs> like, know, yeah, like... that one's not a
0: sin. The, the, the superstition within the family, the belief in, like, higher forces, regardless of what they are, so Catholic in that way. Um, okay, well, that kind of rounds off my notes. Any last notes before we get into maybe the most insane game I've come up with yet? Oh, boy. Yeah, same. Same. The, the intro that I did is off the wall. I'm, I'm um, kind of afraid of where we are headed as a podcast
1: if we keep on this track. I mean, it's it's the left hand driving the right foot or something like whatever the phrase is. It's just we're just flying by the seat of our pants. This totally. movie was unexpected out of left field. Yeah, um, I didn't know what to expect, but I mean, I can appreciate it for what it is. Um, you know, Olympia Dukakis definitely deserved that uh, award. You think MVP? 100 uh, percent. She is MVP. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, but obviously, you know, Cher does what Cher does. Um and she does it flawlessly.
0: cher has got an acting Oscar, baby.
1: I know. Like oh, yeah. what are you gonna do? Take it from her? You, you can try. No. Yeah. You know, um, but yeah, this this movie was fun. Uh I'm so glad that we pivoted to this one just like on a whim. Um <laughs> that's not to say that, you know, like Lady Bird wouldn't have been a good discussion, a good episode, but this one was just
0: fucking wacky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I'm glad. We'll cover Lady Bird at some point, but uh this was kind of maybe the best way we could have covered moonstruck i think uh is from the vantage point of these acting performances and this this screenplay
1: yeah and it's and it's really cool that like it's it's turning out this way because we're about to enter may and we're going to do muppet mayhem and talk about mm-hmm. muppet movies and then in june
2: uh
1: if we if we play our cards right joe we can do 3 episodes in june if we want to june is one of those months where you get like 6 weeks oh yeah so we could do a bunch and we can um, do a little bonus thing. We could do a little bonus in there if we want. Um, but like we're gonna do all like pride centric movies.
0: Yeah, we've we've talked about doing like little mini sodes that are maybe like forty five minutes, you know? Like yeah. where we just kind of cover uh, smaller things that maybe aren't associated with like the broader mini series that we're doing. Let's let's let's, let's explore ruminate. the space there. Let's, um, let's see what space we have. Um, yeah. and we can get into it.
1: Yeah, so are you ready for this this <laughs> this fucking craziness?
0: Um I have so much written down that I have to get through. Um but then yeah, so give me give me give me the intro. So it's game time. Uh here on the podcast, we typically play a game uh, at the end of every episode, and Justin and I alternate making up a game based off of the movie that we are talking about, and Justin started to create more and more insane uh, introductions that are really works of art um, <laughs> that we will be we'll be posting separately uh, on social media, so you can you can watch it there if you're if you're just listening to the podcast.
2: Yeah,
1: I'm I'm living for the challenge of it all. Yeah. Um, this one I was really excited because I was like, "Ooh, I get to do a share song." Turns out, doing a share song is really hard. Mm. Um, so it kind of goes off the wall, and I lean into the technology of the time. But we'll just go into it, and then I'll talk about it a little bit later. And then we'll get into the game. Set it up.
2: If I could have revenge, baby, it's all.
1: Yours. I will salt into. them too.
0: yay (laughs) okay perfect um i'm gonna jump (laughs) right into it then um are you ready i'm ready okay in 1987 the full moon caused havoc in the streets of new york women slept with their fiance's brothers (laughs) decade-long marriages were nearly torn apart old men howled in the night with their dogs it was a time of passion and chaos, all under the watchful, hypnotic gaze of a giant, evil, glow- glowing orb in the sky. This year, it's time for the moon to pay for its crimes. This is Moon Strike 2 Shares Revenge. Oh my god. <laughs> You play as Oscar winner and pop music sensation share, and you are on a mission in space to destroy the moon so that <laughs> it can no longer drive the people of Earth to madness. Accompanying you on your ship, Star Trek style, is the entire main cast of the movie Moonstruck. Nicolas Cage, Vincent Gardena, Olympia Dukakis, and Danny Aiello. Great. Attached to your rocket ship is a payload of TNT that will blow the moon right out of the sky. But the moon is cunning. It has set up a series of five shields between itself and Earth as a defensive mechanism, which can each only be unlocked with a password. Oh, God. <laughs> the only clues that you and your team are given to unlock each shield are a single line from an Oscar-winning screenplay. Fuck and three me. options for which movie the line is from. This all makes sense because everyone knows that the moon is a huge Oscar nerd. <laughs> Guessing each film correctly will open the shield and let you pass through without the moon noticing. But beware, any wrong guesses and the moon may attack.
2: <gasps> oh no.
0: Are you ready to play? I've got a moon ready. strike 2 shares revenge. <sighs> yes, let's do it. Okay. You approach the first shield in your ship with your crew and receive a message on the comms requesting the password. Your clue is the following line. By the way, I would have voted for Obama for a third term if I could. Best president in my lifetime, hands down. Is that line from Promising Young Woman? It's from Get Out. Get Out. (laughs) Juno. It's from Get Out. You got it. That's a good line. That's a good line. With a light hiss, the shield disintegrates and your ship passes through. You approach the second shield. Your clue is the following line. All I wanted was to sing to God. He gave me that longing and then made me mute. Is that line from Amadeus, Dead Poets Society, or The Piano?
1: Not The Pianist? The Piano. The, p- the Piano? Probably The Piano. I don't think it's from Amadeus or Dead Poets Society, so I think it's from The
0: Piano. Your final guess is The Piano. hmm Upon entering the wrong code, <laughs> oh, a shield glows red, and a laser fires at your ship straight from the moon. In the ensuing chaos, Danny Aiello is sucked out into space. <laughs> oh, no, Danny Aiello, no. A voice from the moon comes over the intercom, taunting you. Bet you wish you could turn back time now, Cher. Once you finally fix the damage to the ship, you realize that the laser actually caused the shield to go down briefly, and you proceed forward. Excellent. Correct answer was Amadeus. Was he mute? I thought he was just deaf. Nope, nope. They're talking in metaphor. Um, Uh, That's also Beethoven that you're talking about. Um, uh, You approach the third shield. Your clue is the following line. I wish I knew how to quit you. Your options are Moonlight, Brokeback Mountain, or Goodwill Hunting. It's uh, it's Brokeback Mountain. After a slight pause, the shield goes down and you continue forward. All right, I'm more than halfway in. I'm in, I'm in there. You approach the fourth shield. Your clue is the following line. You have exactly 10 seconds to change that look of disgusting pity into one of enormous respect. Your options are Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, The Producers, and Patton.
1: I'm going to say it's Butch
0: Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Upon entering the wrong code... (laughs) The shield glows red and a laser fires at your ship straight from the moon. Olympia Dukakis' lightning-fast reflexes steer the ship out of the path of destruction, but the strain of it causes her to pass out from exhaustion. You don't know if she'll make it. The moon haunts you again over the intercom. Mamma mia, there she goes again, it says. You ignore it, determined to press forward through the damaged shield. All right. Last shield, here we go. You approach the final shield. Your clue is the following line. Molly, you in danger, girl. Is that from Ghost, Crash, or Precious, based on the novel Push by Sapphire? (sighs) It's Ghost. Fuck you, Moon. (laughs) Finally, you break through the moon's last line of defense. (laughs) (laughs) Wait. Finally, you break through the moon's last line of defense. Taking aim at the immortal space beacon of madness, you utter, snap out of it, and fire. (laughs) A massive amount of explosives breach the moon's orbit and vaporize it like the Death Star upon impact, all while screams of rage echo throughout deep space. The scourge of the earth has been vanquished and you return to your home planet as heroes. The cast of Moonstruck has done it again. Everyone gets honorary Oscars. <laughs> for killing the moon. That's amazing. Join us next time for moon three resurrection.
1: Oh no. What happens to the tides? But amazing.
0: We'll never well, know. And it doesn't matter. It
1: doesn't matter. The points are made up. None of this matters. <laughs>
0: uh i had five success scripts written down based on if you got all five uh correct and more importantly i had five failure scripts written down based on if you lost all of them Mm -hmm. which ends with share dying so i will send those to you separately
1: oh my god okay (laughs) oh yeah we should probably take down the the game that we posted and we'll post that one (laughs) i'll post that one because that's fun how about that fuck you moon
2: Mm.
1: i want to see what what the you know the the fallout is on on the ground now that everyone's normal. Well, we'll have to find out when we get that moonstruck reunion going, right? <gasps> yes, we'll do it. We'll write to share after this, as soon as we're done, as soon as we hang up, we're gonna <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna call share.
0: Hey, share, got something for you.
2: Hey, share, share,
0: share,
1: share. Oh, that's good, Joe. This was fun, uh, as always. This is such a fun fun time uh, sure. showing. Showing me things that I, you know, wouldn't normally go out of my way to go watch. Um, but now I know more about it. And um, I feel like if if uh, myself or Ryan are in a room ever with RuPaul, for some reason, we can like carry on a conversation and be like, hey, we've seen Moose Truck.
0: Snap out of it. Justin, that is why we do this podcast. It is why we do it. Um, tell us a little bit about uh, what's going on next episode with uh, Muppet Mayhem. <sighs>
1: again ever committed to the bit we're gonna go watch this next movie that we're gonna talk about in may in person in person in person uh so that means our next episode isn't gonna be until like the second or second week of may Mm -hmm. um but that's fine because fuck it who cares um so what we're what joe and i are gonna do we're gonna go down to midtown atlanta and we're gonna go to the center for puppetry arts and we're going to go watch Labyrinth. Labyrinth. Starring Jennifer Connelly and David fucking Bowie.
0: And David Bowie's bulge from what I hear.
1: Yes, also co-starring The Bulge. And uh, it's going to be amazing. Uh, so, yeah, we're watching that in person on like the 6th, I think, of May. Mm-hmm. Um, nursing our tequila hangovers from the, the day prior. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's the next one that we're going to talk about. And that's my movie that I have seen a bunch and Joe hasn't ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's super fun cause it's a Jim Henson joint. And then, uh, Joe's movie is going to be, yeah, don't, that,
0: tell him, don't tell him, don't tell him.
1: Oh, okay. Don't is, is it, a okay. movie that I haven't seen. So, uh, and it's, but it's Muppet related. So guess your guess is as good as ours. There's quite a few options. There. <laughs> there's quite a few. There's a punch. Um, it's so much fun. Uh, oh. It's going to be great. But yeah. That's what's coming up, uh, in, in the month of May. And, I'm uh, excited. it's going to be great. I get to do Muppet songs and <gasps> it's going to be great.
0: Have fun. Uh, well, but so yeah. great, Justin. I'm so glad I got to show you Moonstruck. Uh, and I'm so glad we are up to, what is this, episode 16, 16. of our podcast?
1: 16. We're, we're coming up on the edge at the end of, like, season one. I don't know how people do seasons for podcasts. because yeah. like How does that even? I think we're just going to go just by year by year.
0: Yeah, we can call it a year.
1: So I think in, like, August, I think, is when we started, technically. So uh, season two in August, uh, coming at you hot.
0: Yeah, the season one DVD box set will be out in like September-ish. We just got to get like the art finished and stuff. But yeah,
1: pre-orders go live on our non-existing Patreon tomorrow. Yeah, use yeah. code SHARE for 100% off. <laughs> <laughs> she gets a cut. That's why we have to use that <laughs> code. <laughs>
0: She's sponsoring all of this.
1: She, yeah, she, she runs the the whole shop. Uh, anyway, cool. Joe, thanks. This was amazing. Uh, We'll catch you all next time on the
0: UCU. Bye. Bye.